podcast. Here we talk about self-development and we also have some really sick guests on the show. They're all experts in their field, you guys, or they're just super inspirational. Whatever it is, we're going to be growing and laughing and learning every single podcast. I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Have a wonderful day. Hey guys, so today we have Tina Hopper of the Carrots and Cake blog on. Um, this is a really interesting conversation. I feel like we kind of bounced around everywhere, you know. Um, I'm not going to lie, I think I just have a lot of things that I'm curious about. And so luckily she's written about all of them before in her blog, you know, inflammation, autoimmune diseases, uh, hormonal imbalances. And so we were really able to talk um, a lot about that, get her opinion on some things. Um, it's going to be a great show. I just want to do some catching up with you guys um, in terms of the podcast. Oh my God. The, I Actually, this isn't the direction that I was going in, but as soon as I said catching up in terms of the podcast, I just remembered there's someone that left a review on my podcast and it honestly just like melted my heart. Alexis202, she was talking about how she listens to Ready to Launch in the morning on the way to work and, you know, it really inspires and motivates her um, to just earn, like, you know, go out and kill the day, kill it. And it made me so happy that some, well, first of all, it made me happy that, you know, someone's listening, but also that it affected them. You know, this wasn't something that, it was, I didn't want, one of the things that I don't want this blog or this, not this blog, this podcast to be is something that repeats information over and over again. You've heard it before and it doesn't have a lasting impact on you. That would kill me. And, and honestly, that's going to happen eventually. It probably has already happened for some people, but that's, you know, unavoidable. And I, what I really you know, what gets me through the thought of that happening is the fact that there are people out there like, you know, Alexis, that it really, really motivated her to start her day off on the right foot. And just knowing that is so much more touching and it makes me want to share so much more about myself because when you're first starting something off, it definitely feels like you're talking into a vortex where nobody except for the people that you know personally can listen and, you know, gather their opinions on you. And so you kind of are more afraid to share, I think, about yourself and but at the end of the day we're a lot more similar I think than we know and we go through all the same things and so just hearing that there are people out there that I'm able to touch and able to inspire and relate to makes me want to makes me want to be more open and so thank you so much for sharing that review Um, it really really meant a lot and I hope that you're listening to this episode and I hope that it inspires you again Um, I really hope that we can all get in touch with each other and talk to each other about what motivates us and what our goals are, you guys. And so I really want this to be a community where we're making friends and talking to each other about that because I think that the biggest thing, like one of the biggest things into success is having the right crowd around you and people to motivate you and motivation doesn't even have to come have to come from telling someone they're doing a good job but rather just showing an interest you know like listening like listening to the podcast that your friend put out look looking at someone's blog paying attention to what they're studying in school paying attention to what their new raise um what their new position at work entails what their responsibilities are when people feel like 
you know, people care about the things that they're putting their heart and soul into, there's nothing more motivating about that. Um, and I really want a place where we can talk and share with each other. And I really hope that this podcast grows into more of a community than anything. I don't want to be just, you know, interviewing people or just talking, um, out to you and talk to you guys and never hearing back. Um, so yeah, you know, back to what I was saying, thank you so much for, for that. And I'm so, so glad that you feel motivated. Um, but other than that, just wanted to tell you guys that we have some super, super cool guests coming up. I could not be happier and more excited. I check my email um, for this podcast literally first thing in the morning because I'm so excited when people get back to me and they're like, yeah, I'll be on the show and you guys are going to like lose it. It's so exciting. Um, I need to find a new word because that's the only word that I use apparently. But on a side note, you guys, at the end of the show, got a Zoe word vomit monologue type thing. I don't even know what to call it. Tangent, whatever you want to call it, apply it to your life, listen to it, take it into consideration. I know that everyone needs to hear this every once in a while. But back to the show, Tina Hoppert is on, you guys. She has so much to share. She's actually from the Boston area, which is super cool. That's where I am right now. But yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Have a wonderful day, guys. Yeah, we can go ahead and get started. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. As usual, why don't you just introduce yourself to the listeners? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Yeah, my name is Tina Hopper. I run the blog Carrots and Cake. Um, I'm also on Instagram and pretty active on stories. Um, and I started the blog 11 years ago. So I kind of consider myself one of the OG bloggers. Not that I was one of the first bloggers ever, but I think I kind of caught the boom in blogging a little bit at the beginning. And so, you know, mm. I've been trucking along doing this blog thing for a long time. And I've had followers that have, you know, followed along since, you know, before I was married. And I mean, that was why I started the blog. I mean, I started it because I just wanted to shape up for my wedding day. And at the time, you know, I had, there were a few blogs online, um, but really I was just reading health and fitness magazines and ripping out pages that had like cool workouts or really good recipes. And I had a binder of information and I just thought it would be cool to put it all online and just have it in one place. And I really never intended on anyone reading the blog, it becoming my job, it becoming such a huge part of my life. I just wanted to shape up for my wedding day. And the name Carrots and Cake really goes back to those early days when I knew I wanted to shape up and look good for my wedding. But at the same time, I wasn't going to give up, you know, the cake and the nachos and the wine and all the good stuff. I just knew there was a way that I could have both <laughs> get in shape and, you know, still eat all my favorite foods. So that's very much been the basis of the blog over the years is just healthy living, finding that balance. But it started with food and fitness and workouts and things like that. But it has really morphed into my lifestyle, my family life, um, motherhood, uh, dealing with a chronic disease. Um, it really, it just, the blog really runs the whole gamut of my life. I love hearing that. I love how that happens. I think it's so cool when people just kind of fall into these certain things that, you know, are now these huge part of their lives. And 
And it shows, you know, if something just naturally happens, I really think that it's your calling. It's what people can relate to you on. Um, I personally think you're doing such a great job. So I'm not surprised that you were so successful with it. But one of the things that I really liked about your blog, kind of like you said earlier, is that lifestyle balance, the whole concept of have the carrots and the cake. Um, But also just that your blog offers so much information for topics that aren't necessarily discussed as much as others. So I know you share a lot about ulcerative colitis um, and, you know, it's mainly women out there that have these autoimmune diseases. And so I'm really hoping that someone can listen to you and hear you relate to you on that, um, maybe learn something. And and you're also very open about kind of your hormonal journey with finding the right birth control and ultimately deciding on what to do with, you know, whether you want synthetic hormones in your body or not. These are conversations that are not had. They're not, yeah, like I said, they're not the most casual. They're not really things that you advertise on, um, but they're very important. And so I'm super glad that that you're going to share that with us today. Sure, sure. And just what you were saying before, and I think people go into healthy living and wellness and everything with this mind that's just food and fitness. And really, when you look at the bigger picture, so many things go into that. I mean, stress, anxiety, sleep, hormones, just general happiness. So that's something that has really morphed on my blog from when I started to now. And I think having a chronic disease ulcerative colitis has really changed my thinking on that because when I was first diagnosed, um, I was 31 years old. It really came out of the blue and the diagnosis was just, it, it totally threw me for a loop because at that point I had really identified as a healthy living blogger. I was sharing these healthy recipes and workouts and, you know, this wonderful lifestyle that was just so healthy. And then all of a sudden I started having symptoms of ulcerative colitis. Um, and if you don't know about the disease, it's quite glamorous and it's really embarrassing to talk about. Um, But basically you have ulcers in your intestines and the autoimmune disease. Um, And typically patients have um, bloody diarrhea and frequency. um, And there's a lot of other symptoms that go along with it, but those are the basic ones. And that's what I experienced in the very beginning. And up until that point, I was really blogging about everything that happened in my life. I mean, I documented all of my meals, all of my snacks, um, my workouts, any sort of adventure. So this crazy health situation was happening to me. So I shared some of this. I mean, maybe not the gory details, but something was going on. And I, you know, shared that experience with people. And in the end, I was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis, which is uh, autoimmune disease does not, it does not go away. It's not curable at this point. Um, There's a lot of things that you can do to manage your symptoms. And I tried everything under the sun for a good solid five years. So I changed my diet. I tried every diet there was. I tried supplements. I worked with all sorts of doctors, acupuncturists, um, you name it. I tried it during that time. But there was a lot of things looking back that I never really addressed. And I think maybe that's why I never got better. And that's something we we could talk about. But ultimately, I got pregnant. All my symptoms went away for, you know, nine months, um, had a very healthy pregnancy, healthy baby boy. He's almost five now, (laughs) my little dude. Um, And then after I had him, I got very, very sick. And I think that's pretty typical of women who have autoimmune diseases. Once they have the baby, things just flare up like crazy. And then, you know, put on top of that, you know, sleepless nights with a newborn, things like that. I was a mess. So I ended up going on Remicade, which is um, an immunosuppressor um, intravenous drug. Um, It kind of worked. Um, And I trucked along with that for about a year. And then 
I ended up going on Intivio, which is another mm-hmm. intravenous drug. So I get that every um, 10 weeks um, and knock on wood that has kept me in yeah. remission for two and a half years now. So um, it's been quite the journey <laughs> to get me to good health. Um, but I'm still, you know, very much an advocate for the disease and speaking with people and connecting with people because I know when I was very, very sick, um, I just wanted somebody who, mm-hmm. who, who could get it and who could understand because it's, it's quite the private disease. So, um, if anybody's out there that wants to chat with me, <laughs> please reach out. <laughs> Honestly, I hope they do. But, um, yeah, no, it's interesting to hear that that's what you responded most to because, you know, it sounds like from what a lot of people say, the answer is always diet, right? Like Mediterranean diet for these types of things. But um, that's not what you, that's not what worked best for you. No, no. And this is what I was kind of um, alluding to before is that I, you know, I changed my diet. Um, I did not change my workouts. I was really into CrossFit then. And I was doing these high intensity workouts multiple times a week. And then I trained for a marathon or a couple marathons. (laughs) So looking back, all of that activity was definitely too much for my system. It was just too much stress. And I mean, when you're, you know, in a flare, your body's already inflamed and very angry and adding really intense exercise on to it is not helpful. Um, And then also, especially with ulcerative colitis and other um, gut diseases, um, stress and anxiety and what's happening in your mind can really affect those symptoms. And during that time, I was not addressing some of those symptoms. So I was really stressed out. I've kind of that type A personality. um, And I I didn't manage my stress. I wasn't sleeping. You know, it was all those typical things that go into um, having a really active brain (laughs) constantly stressed out. So those are some of the things that I didn't, didn't address back then. And I just figured if I fixed it with diet and supplements and all those things and did everything perfectly, I would get better. And really it's such a bigger lifestyle picture than just what you're eating. Yeah, totally. It's always holistic, you know? Um, but something that I saw that you had success with, um, and something that I've had success with for my anxiety is, going on or taking, implementing CBD into your lifestyle. So that's something that I'm really interested in learning more about and getting people's opinions on, their experiences on it, because I've had a great experience with it. Um, And it's just blown up in the States, you know, like in the cafe down the street from me, they have these CBD lattes, which is so incredible. Um, But yeah, I want to hear about your experience uh, and how it's helped your symptoms, if it has, and also um, maybe not even related to ulcerative colitis, but I know, you know, for anxiety, for sleeping, it helps people. So what has been your story with that? Yeah, sure. So I'm just getting my feet with with CBD and truthfully... (laughs) God bless my husband. He's lived with me for a very long time and he knows that I'm quite the anxious person. I'm always moving. I'm always doing something. Um, And he had heard about the benefits of CBD and he's actually the one that pushed me to try it. And I was so skeptical. I was like, nah, I don't know if that's for me. I don't want to get high. Like all the different, (laughs) like, you know, um, assumptions about it and everything. And for the record, you don't get high from CBD. (laughs) There's no THC in it or there's very little THC in it. Um, So I started trying it just. I was like, what the heck? Why not? I've tried so many supplements and things over the years. Um, And I I noticed a difference almost immediately. I would say within the first week, I 
felt that kind of like calming effect at times where I didn't think I would. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I don't, I don't get that like same effect every day. I don't think, cause I definitely have my moments where I'm super stressed and my blood pressure's through the roof, mm-hmm. but for sleeping, it has made an incredible difference. Like I fall right to sleep now. I don't wake up in the middle of the night with my mind racing. Um, so that's why I keep taking it. I just take, you know, the dropper, um, every day or every other day. Um, but it has helped my sleep so much and I do feel more chill overall, but I don't know if that's other things I'm doing in my life. It's hard to say. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I believe in CBD. I think there's something there. And if, you know, if you do a little research and listen to podcasts about it, there's some really cool research that's coming out about it. So I don't know. I am a fan. I'm still trekking along with it, but just like anything out there, it's just a supplement. It's like any other supplement you could take. It's not like a magic pill or a cure for anything, mm-hmm. but no, there's something to be said. I, I believe in it. <laughs> yeah, totally. I definitely, you know what? Cause like when I, when I have the, when I, when I was doing the CBD, it wasn't necessarily people always me, like, oh, how do you feel? Like you feel so calm. And no, it mm-hmm. just kind of makes you feel like there's this absence of anxiety or absence of, you know, symptoms. And so it kind of feels like you're back to baseline. That's just been my experience with it. Um, but there are certain CBD oils out there that you should be staying away from only because maybe they have um, higher levels of THC in them, in which they shouldn't. Or maybe, um, maybe they're just like completely useless. Maybe they won't do anything. And I know some brands are better than others. So what can people be looking out for? Um, the one I take is called Beam. Um, it's actually made locally here in Massachusetts. So I have met the owner. Um, I really like it. But yes, there are different quality CBDs out there. And I guess technically you can mix CBD with whatever you want. Um, so it really goes into the ingredients, whether you know it's organic, and then also how it's delivered to your system. There's full spectrum hemp oils and things like that, where you get more than just the CBD. So I think that those are generally better, but it just depends on the actual company, where they're getting their CBD from, how it's being processed, all that good stuff. So I, I like the beam. Um, I've also taken um, Prime My Body. That's another one that I think is good. That's That was what I originally started on and liked my experience there. So those are the two that I've been using recently. Yeah, definitely a supporter of going out and trying it out. I need to get some more. But um, yeah, so one something that I wanted to ask you was, you know, I know you stay away or you've written about inflammatory foods. Um Inflammation in general is known to cause anxiety, depression, um, in addition to all the physical symptoms that it has, you know, brain fog. So have you noticed a difference in your anxiety since you went on less of an inflammatory diet? Mm, That's a good question. I would say probably. (laughs) I think I, you know, ever since I was diagnosed with colitis, I have always paid attention to those inflammatory foods. So I don't eat wheat. I eat very little gluten. Um, Same with dairy, um, sugar, those type of things. I try not to eat them too much. I'm not saying never say never. (laughs) I mean, the blog's carrots and cake after all. I'm not going to turn down some fundafetti cake every once in a while. But I really do pay attention to what I put in my body. I really try to stick to whole foods as much as possible. Um, And I do feel like I just feel better overall. So I don't know if that's just, you know, the effects of the food or just on my brain um, and my moods and my anxiety. But um, I think it's all connected for sure. And I think if you're feeding your body well, you're going to feel good and your mood's going to be better. And hopefully that anxiety will follow suit. Um, There's such a connection between the mind and the gut. So 
Um, I know there's a lot going on there. Can you share with us the foods that are um, the biggest culprits for causing inflammation in your body? Some of the things that we should be looking out for? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm definitely not a doctor, not a dietitian, but I think the common culprits are, you know, wheat, gluten, dairy, um, soy, sugar, corn, um, anything that's GMO related. <laughs> well, tempeh, so, because I know tempeh is considered a health food, should I be avoiding that? Well, I mean, if it's organic, I think it's probably okay. Um, I think the research, again, is still out on some mm-hmm. of those things. And I think it depends on the person. Um, so if you have a lot of sensitivities and maybe soy is not something that agrees with you, it might be something to avoid. But I think it depends depend on person to person and what's going on with their food sensitivities and whatnot. Because um, I'm sure there are some people that, you know, do really great with soy. I mean, I do okay with soy. and mm-hmm. um, But there's, you know, certain foods like eggs that I can't really eat. So it, I think it just depends on the person. Those are just kind of the common culprits from what I know. Yeah, it's difficult because if you really, if you listen to every food that you could not eat for you know, every time that you heard it was bad for you, you wouldn't be eating anything. And so my Starbucks order has changed so many times. It's gone from coconut to soy to dairy to, you know, almond. And I'm like, oh my God, I don't even know which milk to drink at this point because they're all bad for you. And so it's kind of like the, I guess, the point of carrots and cake. You're like, you know, every once in a while, just calm down. You can, you can have a little stuff that's bad for you. But like the, the, the amount of thought that goes into what kind of milk goes into my latte is just <laughs> exhausting at this point, because I'm just thinking about every single yep, reason I know. Every and single it one of those milks is bad for me. I'm sorry, what? No, I was just going to say, and it changes. I mean, you know, for, you know, dairy's bad and then it's coconuts, not good for you. And, you know, we're eating too many almonds and destroying the environment. So it like, it, it, there's just so much that goes into, you know, healthy food and not healthy food. And uh, it's so confusing. Exactly. <laughs> and then when the whole lectin thing came on, you know, then all of a sudden you can't eat legumes either. And it's just like, what can I eat? And I think what it comes down to is vegetables. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I think there's also something to be said about just feeling good about your food choices, because I don't think anybody's diet can be perfect all the time. Yeah. But if you feel good about what you're eating and you know, for the most part, you're eating, you know, whole foods and things that aren't crazy processed or filled with chemicals. I think that's totally okay. And I work with nutrition clients one-on-one and, you know, a lot of them have this idea that, you know, foods are bad or they can't have like certain things because they're off limits. And I don't think it needs to be so black and white. I really think there can be this gray area where, you know, there are foods that work for you and there are foods that make you feel good. And not to say that's all clean eating all the time. It really could be you know, a plate of buffalo chicken nachos or something like that, because, you know, it's going to make you happy in the moment. Um, And as long as you're not going overboard and, you know, leaving dinner, you know, stuffed to the gills of buffalo chicken nachos, I don't think there's, I don't think there's anything wrong with enjoying foods that way. Because food and drink are part of life. They're part of life and enjoying life. And it's a little cheesy, but it's, it's, it really is part of, you know, living a happy life. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, my sister and I, for example, we're like totally different. I'm definitely someone that appreciates the balance more. Like I'll eat pasta and then she won't even want to eat cauliflower because it bloats her. And, you know, at the end of the day, that's her decision because she doesn't like the way it makes her feel. And so 
I feel, you know, like not one's better than the other in terms of the mentality that you have, because if, if, if how you feel is more important than eating certain types of foods, um, then I think that that's great that you stick to that. And, um, if you're willing to be like, you know what, I'm craving pasta and it's probably not gonna make me feel the best, but I really feel like it, have, having it like once this week, um, then I also think that's respectable. And so, there's just so many different ways to go about it and so many different ways to thrive. And I feel like so much of your mental health is involved in your physical health. Um, so how you feel mentally is how you feel physically and vice versa. And so you cannot choose what, you know, makes someone else feel better mentally and expect you to it make it to make you feel better mentally and physically as well. You really have to find um, your balance for yourself. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's I think that goes part of the, like the all or none mentality. Um, and I think people do best when they are kind of in that middle ground and they have some of those treats and some of their favorite foods here and there. Obviously, not all the time, but I think that keeps you more consistent if you do allow your stuff allow yourself those things. Um, I'm just thinking about, you know, somebody who's eating super strict and then they're put in front of a pizza, you know, they're probably going to eat the whole thing. But (laughs) if you've been eating kind of moderately where you do have a piece of pizza every now and again, when you're faced with the full pizza, you know, you're not going to down the whole thing because you've had it, you know, it hasn't been off limits for you. So um, I'm big on that, that middle ground gray area thinking when it comes to, you know, working with clients and, you know, blogging, obviously carrots and cake, it's always in the middle somewhere. Yeah, no, this is, and I can relate, this is the first time in a while I feel like that I haven't been particularly on a diet Uh, since I was 13. I can remember always being on or off a diet and always trying to lose weight. Um, and that kind of mentality for me at least was always so on and off. And so you kind of look at your eating habits and your lifestyle as something that you're doing well at or something that, um, you're not doing well at or something that you're enjoying or something that you don't deserve to enjoy right now. And being that food and eating is such a huge part of life. I just feel like, you know, there needs to be another way to go about it. And, and for me, I think step one is kind of finding that middle ground for sure. So, you know, I really appreciate the whole concept of carrots and cake. Totally. Yeah, I totally agree with that. But um, yeah, another thing that I wanted to ask you about, and we don't have to get too much into it, but my whole family right now is on this celery juice craze. So I know you drink it. What are some of the health benefits? Is it worth it? Oh my gosh. So <laughs> sorry, I have to laugh because uh, there's so much hatred towards the celery diet. I mean, everywhere I look, everyone's like, enough with the celery juice, stop drinking celery juice. And you know what? I started it. I started juicing probably around like Thanksgiving time and I'm still doing it on the regular. And I have a blog post all about it. My experience with um, acne and maybe just my overall mood. Um, But so it sounds crazy. I'm going to sound like a crazy person even talking about this. But no, no, I ask because, like I said, my family, they're all about it. So I'm really interested. It's, it's totally nuts. And so, you know, obviously I have a chronic disease. I've tried everything ever, you know, to, to heal myself. And I've had so many followers and readers tell me about this medical medium. Um, his name's Anthony Williams, and he's a medium like talks to spirits, you know, like he's been a medium since he was four years old, according to his story. And so I blew it off for a very long time. I'm like, all right, I'm hippy dippy with some of the things that I try, but I'm not listening to a medium. This is insane. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, I would, that sounds so fun. (laughs) 
totally nuts. And so I just kept hearing about him more and more. And I was like, all right, what I've got nothing to lose. He actually has a lot of information on his website, which is totally free. And then he has a podcast. So I'm a big podcast person. And I started listening to his podcast and went into it very skeptical. I'm like, this is nuts, but let's just see what this guy has to say. And some of it kind of makes sense. Some of it's a little bit out there. I mean, he's, he's, says, you know, a lot of this stuff's not going to be discovered for, you know, four decades and whatnot. But his whole thing is about the celery juice and just how it helps to cleanse the liver and helps get rid of bacteria and pathogens and can help all sorts of ailments and illnesses. Um, And at the time I was dealing with like some pretty bad acne breakouts kind of out of the blue. Like I've had acne here and there over the years, but it was never terrible. And it got to the point where it was these huge cystic um, acne breakouts, like on my neck and on my body, which were two places I'd never really had broken out in the past. Like this was very new uncharted territory and it kept happening. It was going on for weeks and weeks and it was really bad. Like these big, deep red zits, you know what I mean? And it was just in these really strange places. So I had heard about the medical medium talking about celery juice for acne. And I was like, you know what, this is not getting better on its own. Let me just try it. Um, and I did it pretty consistently for probably like two months, maybe a little bit longer, like every day. Um, and my acne got better I knock on wood, you know, it's a few months later now and it's still pretty much stayed away. I'm juicing less now just because it's kind of a pain in the butt to juice every day. And (laughs) Mm -hmm. I did get a nice new brand new juicer, which makes the whole process easier, but you're supposed to start your day by drinking celery juice on an empty stomach. Um, And some days that works into my day and other days, you know, I'm trying to get my son ready, trying to get myself out the door to the gym, whatever. And I just don't have time to do it. Um, But I'm still doing it. My skin's looking way better. I mean, people are actually complimenting me on my skin now. They're like, it looks so good. It looks so healthy. So I don't know. I don't know if it's all in my head or maybe the celery juice is helping or I just went through something with the breakouts. I don't know, but <laughs> it's crazy. It's totally crazy. Yeah. I know. No, it's no, it's not crazy. Like I said, my family, they're all about it. And so I've been thinking about trying it. I just, you know, really haven't like, I don't even know why I haven't tried it at this point. I should probably go buy a celery juice at this, at this time. But, um, something I'm confused about. So is he a medium for like, he goes to you and he says, I can sense that you need this in your life. Or is it more of a medium for the masses, just giving general advice to the population? Both. So he started as um, a medium at four years old by diagnosing his grandmother with lung cancer. And I sound like a nut saying all this, but ever since then, he's been working with people more on that one-on-one situation where he does I don't know, assess them or talks to a spirit and they tell him what's wrong with them and he helps them that way. But now he's, he's grown and now it's basically info for the masses, but the celery juice is the basis of his teachings. (laughs) So crazy. Yeah, no, I really want to talk to him. Um, but so is he the one that started the whole celery juice fad? Uh-huh. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, he is. That is so funny. Yeah, it's it's nuts. And I mean, he has some books out. I actually bought his liver rescue book. Um, and it goes more into detail about the liver rescue morning and how you're supposed to have, you know, celery juice and then what you're supposed to eat and kind of goes into detail about the whole thing. And it's it's so out there. But I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just because I have you know, a chronic illness and it's not curable that I'm just willing to try whatever there is. And I mean, I don't think there's any harm in drinking some celery juice. You're just getting hydrated and some extra vitamins. And according to the medical medium, there's special celery salts in there that 
you know, help <laughs> as far as combating pathogens and things like that. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. I mean, I don't have a problem. It's not like a delicious green juice that you, you know, buy in a store, but it's it's good. I mean, I don't have a problem drinking it. Yeah, no, I definitely am going to try that now. Everyone has just had like the best things to say about it. <clears throat> but what I want to get into uh, is your hormonal journey with just birth control, IUDs. Um, I know for myself, I had a horrible experience um, with birth control. I was not prepared for how it was going to, I think, affect me emotionally. That's not really something that you look out for. I think you definitely just look out for like the weight gain or the bloat, you know, whatever whatever those are. Your boobs get bigger, your skin gets better. Um, but I kind of just wish that someone was out there kind of talking to me earlier about what it might do to my emotions and overall just sharing their stories. So yeah, why don't you t- go into your your process? Because I know it's been a long um, time of you switching back and forth, trying new things out, and now you're just completely off the hormones. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I can give you the cliff notes. Um, so I went on hormonal birth control at 19. And at the time, it was kind of like the cool thing to do among my girlfriends at college, and you could get it free from you know, health services at school. So just got on the birth control train. And I mean, a perk of it was, you know, cleared up my skin. I mean, I had struggled with acne in in high school. So got to college, got on the pill, my skin looked great. Um, And I stayed on the pill um, pretty much through my early 30s. Um, and you know, I had switched pills over the years just based on, you know, health insurance or generics or whatever, but I never really had an issue. Um, I, of course had the usual symptoms, you know, um, you know, kind of like sore breasts, PMS, little things like that, but I never thought anything of it. And it was all pretty mild because being on the pill, you know, my hormones were pretty controlled at that point. Um, and then I had heard some things about the pill that maybe you shouldn't be on it for a long time or as long as I had. So I switched to an IUD um, and then ended up having the IUD out and then got pregnant. So I had my son. And then after I had him, I wanted to go back on the pill. And I went back on the pill I was on, you know, prior to switching to the IUD and everything. And it just didn't work the same. I, I was very moody. I was having breakthrough bleeding. My skin was a mess. I just felt like garbage. I was just bloated. And I don't know. I, I just did not work the same way. Um, and then so I worked with my OBGYN. I tried a few more pills after that. It was like a solid year of just trying different pills. And I don't know if you know this, but you know, when you try a new pill, you're on it for like three or four months to see if your body will adjust to it. So it was like three or four months of a pill that didn't work or three or four months of another pill that didn't work. And it was just this roller coaster. And it was just a long, long time. And finally, I just got to the point where I'm like, I'm done with this. You know, I don't want to keep doing this hormonal roller coaster and feeling like garbage all the time. So I just went off the pill and just went cold turkey on it. Um, And that was like a good year and a half ago. And it's taken a while for me to get my hormones back to normal. I mean, knock on wood, um, feeling very, a lot better as far as the hormones were going, but I was having like every (laughs) symptom ever, like PMS, mood swings, um, getting angry at my husband, my son, my dog for no reason, Um, acne, terrible periods, cramps, night sweats, exhaustion, all that. It just everything just kind of 
sucked. <laughs> that was basically it. From being on the birth control or coming off it? After I got off the birth control. Because birth control really is just masking any sort of symptoms that you had, keeping your hormones at a steady state. Yeah, exactly. I was listening to this one podcaster and she was talking about how she decided to go off the oral birth control just because, you know, she doesn't want to introduce the synthetic hormones into her body again um, because that can come with a whole host of symptoms. And, you know, like you said, it, it's really just putting a Band-Aid over the problem. Like in a lot of cases, um, acne, right? You're not fixing you're not fixing anything. You're just kind of putting a Band-Aid over it. And so I guess my question is, what is your opinion on girls looking to go on birth control to solve certain problems? Do you think maybe it's something that should be reconsidered because of just the downside of introducing synthetic hormones into your body? Well, again, not a doctor, not a health professional, but from what I know, um, hormones are really just muting your natural hormones. So you don't have the same hormonal experience on these as you would off. Um, and I mean, I, I know there's research out there that, you know, being on the pill can cause, you know, inflammation in the body and other things like that. So, I mean, I, I think it depends on the person again. I mean, there's, there's reasons why people are on hormonal birth control and reasons why they're not. And it kind of depends on what the ultimate goal is. I mean, for me, I just, yeah, it just, it never worked while I was on it. And I just knew, you know, once and for all, I should just get off it and get my hormones back to normal because I had been managing them since I was 19 with the pill. So I just knew it wasn't good for me. Um, and yeah, going off has, has been good. It took a long time to get where I am now, but um, I'm glad I did it. Yeah. So let's go over something that you wrote about on your blog, um, the hormonal imbalance, how to spot one. What are, what are some of the symptoms that you might you know, keep an eye out for? Um, so for me, um, it was definitely the moodiness, the PMS, um, the breakouts. I was getting night sweats pretty bad. I was exhausted. Um, like I would finish the day and just want to like lay on the couch. I just had no energy after the day. Um, and my periods were just terrible. They were super heavy, um, cramping the whole bit. So, um, again, I think it depends on the person, but I feel like I had a good amount of symptoms that pointed towards hormonal imbalance of some sort. Yeah, totally. And I think something that should be said is that I myself am opting to not go on birth control right now. I um, noticed that when I was on birth control, there was a shift in my mood and I didn't really appreciate it. And it wasn't something that I was prepared for. So I think it took a while for me to put the pieces together. Um, so, you know, that's just something to be considered. And I feel like a, a lot of times that you know, in my age, girls just feel like no matter the circumstance, birth control is something that they have to be on. Um, and that's, in my opinion, not the case at all. And I think that you know yourself and you know, you know, the time of your life that it is and what responsibilities you have and, you know, and, and, and what you're really trying to do in terms of your body and just your lifestyle. And so I feel like it should be put out there that birth control is not always the answer and it's not always the culprit. But at the same time, um, I know, you know, barely any girls, barely any friends of mine that aren't on it. Um, and yeah, like, like we've been talking about, I do notice that they still have a lot of these symptoms and I'm personally just glad that I'm not on it. 
Yeah, for sure. And I think that just depends on the woman and, you know, what her ultimate goals are for her life and where she is in her life. I mean, I'm, I'm getting older, so <laughs> I don't, I don't think we're having any more babies, but I'll be 30. I'll be 39 pretty soon, so I'm, I'm getting to that age. Yeah. No, I don't think I'm having any kids either <laughs> soon. But thank you so much for coming on, and um, thank you for being so open about everything, you know, your autoimmune disease, um, of course, your time being on oral birth control and, and your decision to come <laughs> off it. I really think that a lot of listeners will be able to learn and um, and relate to the things that we've said. Yeah, no, thank, I mean, thank you for having me. And yes, I'm, I'm not a doctor, not a professional, but I do love – researching, listening to podcasts, reading. I'm always reading a new book. So I feel like I have a lot of information up here. I just don't have any sort of formal training to go along with it. And I'm always happy to share my experience because I feel like I personally can relate to other people who have had a similar experience and they don't necessarily need to be, you know, a health professional. I just like hearing it from somebody who's just a regular, normal person. <laughs> yeah, totally. And you know, the thing is, is that so much of the information that we get out there today is not coming from doctors. I mean, maybe it's stemming from what doctors are saying, but just in terms of where we fi- where we find our information, whether it be podcasts or different blogs or people like you, you know, like it's all so different now. And personally, I prefer to get my information from people that I trust and maybe even passively throughout the day, like I said, listening to this podcast. So I definitely think that your words are very important to hear, if not just only your opinion. Yeah. But um, yeah, what are your socials? I want the listeners to be able to look you up. Yeah, so I'm at carrotsandcake.com and it's carrots, the letter N, and then cake.com. And then carrots and cake on Instagram, carrots and cake on Facebook. Um, I do have a YouTube channel, but I don't post too much up there. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm around the internet. Thank you so much. I know that people are going to be able to relate to you and learn so much from this. Um, and like we said, you know, it's like we're not doctors, we're not professionals, but well, I don't know, but there's that Tony Robbins quote about how success leaves clues or something like that. And it's kind of like what we're doing. We're just going around, picking up on clues, picking up on hints, dropping hints um, as to what worked out best for us. And and we're all just at the end of the day learning from each other. And I think that's great. So to anyone listening out there, I just, you know, I, like I said, I have, as I said on this podcast, I have a morning routine that I do. And um, actually, what was really nice is that um, Rachel, who I interviewed from the Healthy Chicks, um, blog she sent me a a deck of her spark your bliss affirmation cards which um, if you hear ruffling around it's because I'm I just pulled them out I'm looking at them but I integrated them into my morning routine and basically you know you pull a card and let's say you know they have like clarity gratitude vibrant let's just pick a random one okay um bliss I deserve a blissful glass is half full dance in the rain kind of life and I absolutely love the lifestyle I'm creating for myself and then you journal it out what does it feel like for you to be truly blissed out how can you have more fun wow this is actually very um relevant to what I was just about to say but I was integrating these into my morning routine and I in my morning routine what I always do is I write all the things that I'm grateful for and then I write all the things that I'm planning for myself um, just for my future and what I want to happen and then I pick one of those cards um, and then I expand on it and so what I ended up picking based on one of the cards was writing something that 
kind of put things into perspective for me and I really think that you know you guys will be you know either able to relate to it or at the very least like probably need to hear this because I'm not alone in this and I know it for a fact is the fact that sometimes we have a hard time figuring out how to live the life that is going to make us happiest and what I mean by that is sometimes we don't try hard enough because we want to relax and that doesn't make us happy and sometimes we try too hard and we don't give us a, t a second to breathe and that makes us unhappy and stressed out and sometimes we say that when this happens, when I live here, when I have this relationship, whatever it may be, um, then I'm going to be happy. Then I'll appreciate life. Then I'll be proud of myself or confident enough to act this way or treat people this way or treat myself this way. And that is just the biggest lie that anyone could ever possibly tell you is true and the biggest lie that you could tell yourself and you know the one bright side to having that mindset I think is because there's a part of all of us that believes that is true because that is why we make these goals for ourselves um, partially because we feel like once we achieve something, we're gonna feel a certain way. But what is important to keep in mind, and I think what's important for our sanity and just our life as a whole, is that this is not true, and every single second that passes is just as important as the last one, and this one, and the next one, and no other second in life is gonna be any less or more significant than the other. And so with that, you have to just realize that life is never going to change. It's never gonna feel different. Tomorrow isn't gonna be different than yesterday. 10 years from now is not gonna be different from yesterday unless you change your actions, your mindset, and your appreciation for every second that you are given. So while that might seem a little bit dark to you because you're probably not like, you know, jumping off your seat right now, and should also be motivation to just look around as if you're about to move out of your apartment like I am and finally for the first time in two years you appreciate it because yeah, now it's not gonna be yours anymore. But anyway, look around as if you appreciate every second because every second counts and every second of your life is an equal fraction of the life that you're gonna be given and make of it what you will. Don't put your happiness in the future, have it now because it's not gonna come in the future if it's in the future. That sounds really dark, but it's so true, guys, because I'm only 22, and so I still have a while to kind of put this into action. I think like it's gonna take a lot more of me achieving things and, and, and the happiness being so fleeting for me to realize this, but if you're not happy now, you're not gonna know how to be happy in the future, and so start on it now. If that's what matters to you, start on it now. And so you can do that by being easier and easier on yourself or, you know, being more proud of yourself more often of your accomplishments of all the things that you've achieved or spending time with your family more listening to people more not feeling like you always have to justify yourself not worrying about what people think about you spend your life as if you only have a week of it left and not in the super crazy way but as if you are thinking about the fact that every second matters and you're only going to give your energy to the things that do matter that was super non-directional but i hope you guys understand what i'm trying to say um just apply this to your life i know i try to 
It's hard, you guys. It's really hard. But the last thing I want is for my life to pass me by and for me not to have enjoyed it as much as I could have. With that being said, you guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Go out and have a great day. Achieve some things. Have a nice glass of wine. Have a nice glass of green juice. Whatever it is that makes you happy. Um, And just enjoy the day. Enjoy your family. Enjoy your friends. Enjoy yourself. Love yourself. Thank you guys so much for listening. 